0: All right, hard yarners. Uh today we are joined, Delby's gone again, what the fuck? Like, I don't know where he's, where he thinks he's, um, he's- <laughs> I
1: don't know what he thinks. <laughs> you he's fucked I don't up, know what, I don't you know are on doing. today.
0: Anyway, it was a fucking very good episode, uh, we had Squirly and-, and Whitey gone, and it was, uh- Whitey?
1: Fucking <laughs> man. <laughs>
0: How dare you use such a racially charged (laughs) term. (laughs) We we really got into Whitey on this one. Oh, yeah, no, it was a fucking awesome episode. We touched on everything that we sort of – (laughs) I, I, <laughs> Sport wreckfishes Fisher's being wingers. Jordan Peterson Jordan Peterson yeah
2: vagina um,
0: Gong's vagina that's beautiful right? resili- that's your
3: next show Jugong's
0: right? <laughs> vagina the, the lack of resilience in kids yeah, uh, them little fuckers contributing to division. it's yeah it's a fucking good episode actually really good I'm glad uh, you guys both came on so uh, I don't think there's any oh we've definitely got a Patreon to shout out but I'll wait for Delby to be back next week and um no sponsors. Oh, Lucky Duck Racing WA. Uh, we have got their horse. Uh, whole lot of Tasha is almost finished trialing, so we're ready to race. So, if you want to buy in on that, DM us. Um, you can get a percentage of their horse or any horses that they've How's got. How's it trialing? Uh, pretty, pretty good actually. Um, it's go It seems to be. I've got the information there in an email, but it seems to be going okay. <laughs>
2: You've got you just no fucking me when idea, it's racing, no, no. mate. And I'll have a. They're, actual,
0: they're actually far more excited uh, than they anticipated. So oh, this is uh, a
2: racing trainer being excited by a horse that people pay for. <laughs> well, Don't say that often. Anyway,
0: lucky duck race. <laughs> Wa. Anyway, this is a fucking good episode. Uh, yeah, let's get hard. <laughs> let's get hard. Welcome to Hard Yarns
2: Podcast. I am fucking fat. <laughs> <laughs> Chris White says,
1: "Please <laughs>
3: disregard it. 5D is actually a state of being. It's a unity consciousness. That was hard Yarns answer, me, Frankie Rose. So I'm gonna throw it over to your co-host,
0: Daniel Delby, and Cameron Brand. I would do this, and then I'd gong. <laughs> Free in attendance for the millions listening at home.
1: <laughs>
0: Let's get home. That's it. All right. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. No, I don't know what I was doing there. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, I'm in Delvey's spot. I feel out of sorts. It's a bit strange. What's going on, guys? Just cruising? Yeah, mate. Just uh, cruising along, watching the world burn and having a laugh as we go along. I do like the fact. Uh, no, I don't like it. Delby not being here, but I do like the fact that I get to have, uh, you know, Corey on more often, or Cam, or Squirly, so this is uh, this is good, a bit of fun. Um, before we get into things, because there's a fucking, still a lot of shit going on in the world that we discussed the other week, but you just been on tour.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, rural? Rural? Tour? Yeah, pretty, well, yeah. Very rural. <laughs> um, yeah, went went uh, through uh, a few towns, sort of east and south Uh Again, Hope Town, I don't know, some other joint. Esperance <laughs> Cal. Uh Lake Grace was nice. Yeah. Uh pretty much it everywhere we stayed. Like they'd show us <laughs> looking where we were staying, everything like that. And then the last thing it'd always be and also there's a ghost <laughs> Like yeah okay
3: mate. Yeah yeah The ghost in Lake Grace Is Nat Fife's Fucking humility
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: That's the coldest place I've ever been Yeah, yeah. It's fucking oh, up there Did you go there to so, gig as well or Yeah I was at or... a gig down there Like this thing we <laughs> he's
2: not holidaying nah. At Lake Grace <laughs> There's no waves In Lake Grace bro You have to
3: go to Hope Town for that And even then There's a few men in Grey suits swimming around oh, at the yeah. Where is Lake Grace? Um,
2: Ish Ah, uh, middle of bumfuck. B- middle of bumfuck. Yeah, mainly.
3: That's uh, w- WA middle. Is it
2: like uh, east south east maybe?
3: Yeah, yeah, south east. I think it's um, yeah, like southern wheat belt. Yeah, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, so interesting.
2: It, yeah, it's I. I haven't been there in summer since I was a kid, but I, I'm guessing it'd be one of them joints that gets really hot and really
0: cold. Because mm. um, Pinder went with you, eh?
2: Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Actually, um, that. <laughs> That was probably the, the most interesting part was uh, we stayed at Hopetown mm. and, um, like, everywhere went pretty well, fucking cruisy as. Uh, all the shows went good, obviously. Um, but we're, we're staying at Hopetown. We go out for brekkie in the morning. Um, checkouts at 10, like I made sure. Standard. Standard <laughs> checkout 10. Yeah. There's no fucking weird things on it. Awesome. I check out at 9. Because mm. I'm like, fuck, I'll, I want to go have a look at the ocean. Um, yeah. My my old boss used to dive there and get uh, southern craze and shit, so I just wanted to see all the edges. So I, I throw back my K at nine, and the, the bloke who, work, who who owns the caravan park, he comes rushing down the steps, like, all pissed off and shit. I was like, oh, fucking, you know, he must have some issues. Yeah. Whatever, I fuck off. I see um, Pinder at, at the cafe at about... Oh, 20 to 10 mm. And he's like Oh You know Should I go back Before they bring My meal out And I was like Oh you know What's the worst That can happen You'll be fine Yeah And then I fuck off again I, I get a message From one of the comics Like where are you man You need to get back here At like 20 past Or whatever And I, I rock up I'm like What's What's going on everyone There's all fucking Tension and shit the, the bloke had tried To punch on with uh, With Pinder <laughs> What? Because he he dropped his key back at uh, 9.55 or 9.57. So he still had a few minutes and the the bloke was like, mate, check out's at 10. And Pinder's like, it, it's, it's not even 10 yet. Yeah. And he's like,
0: you've got an attitude,
2: don't you? <laughs> oh, fucking Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> One of the, the
0: nicest blokes in the world as well, Pinder. Yeah. yeah.
2: And uh, the, the Nelson twins, uh, they were the blokes we were on tour with, like, Chipper as blokes, they they'd uh come from the side and they're like, How's it going, buddy? <laughs> so the bloke not realising what was going on and the bloke's like, uh, I'm about to punch his fucking head. In. Oh my god. <laughs> and so I get back to all, all that and I'm like, I can't leave you cunts alone for five minutes, can I?
0: <laughs> How's uh how does Pinder uh, go in that sort of situation? Um, all right, bruv. It's all right. Just he's the least aggressive man I've ever
3: met. It's like that caretaker of the caravan park is obviously on the glass bar <laughs> to yeah. behave like that. Well, yeah, we we um, spoke to like a few people, and
2: apparently he just does that all the time
0: because he's got he's stressed and he just fucking takes uh, it out.
2: Uh, like there was a lot of that. Pinder was trying to like de-escalate.
0: Uh, I don't know I I don't think he did On that one Because But I wasn't there I feel like uh, Pinder would At least stand up For himself And be like Fucking
2: Hold on a second From
0: from that From what he
2: said That's uh, sort of What
0: happened But then afterwards
2: He was like Giving the guy reasons In his head For why you would Be a fuckwit (laughs) Whereas I'm just like He's Probably just a fuckwit. Like, (laughs) I mean, you can search for reasons all you want, but there's just fuckwits in this world.
3: Yeah, right. And for
2: some reason, stupid fucks like that buy caravan parks and deal with the public.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the old John Williamson song? Old farts in caravan
0: (laughs) 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 parks. crackhead caretakers. Yeah. Fuck. So. Yeah, that's interesting. And, um... Uh, so what? How long were you gone for? Ten days?
2: Yeah, ten days. We did. Um, so we did all them joints, just uh, show every night, and then we drove back to Perth, flew to Broome, and did mm-hmm. a gig there. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was cool because
0: everywhere else was fucking freezing. Um, and then was that the I week off as well, footy? So nothing on, no footy on?
2: Uh no. No, I think it was the week before.
0: Week before. Yeah. Because that would have been Squirly's ideal. he's just going back through his sports bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Decline bet, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> we just filmed a skip uh, with um, with a great man himself doing a bit of decline bet. So you'll this see is that. This going to make us rich.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: Taking the money from poor Australians and putting it in our pockets. Oh, you oh, you do
0: realise I'm
2: going
3: to bet on that. So you, you better pay up. I'd bet on some of those odds, definitely. Mate.
0: Yeah, the the, the world is, is going crazy. If you could
3: bet on something now, squarely around the world, what would it be? Like a world event Ooh. or an individual circumstances? Because Kanye West is fucking... Yeah, Kanye up. West has so stepped what's, into it. So who's he... Um, sorry,
0: okay, you mentioned this before. I haven't kept up to this one. What did he say about
3: Clintons? He posted something on Instagram about uh, someone he's having a beef with at Adidas, who's also on the board of JPMorgan Chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he made some comment. He's just like, "Yeah, and tell your Clinton friends to come and get me." <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Yeezy. <laughs> Mate, what's their what's their uh, their death trail like attached to them? People who were going to testify against them and stuff like that. The, the trail is like fifty five people or something ridiculous. Just as they're about to testify in court or be suing them or, yeah. It's pretty
2: So good. so you wanna answer this yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> I ain't got nothing against for <laughs> Twins, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I reckon Bill
3: should run again. <laughs> I'd love to have a go at Chelsea Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of go? Like food? No, like a consensual one. Okay. <laughs> like fucking I'm not a comedian who works at the record, please. Oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> talking about powerful enemies. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, I've Um, got them all. Yeah, you've got plenty of enemies at the moment, haven't you? Property developers,
3: artsars, mining magnates, media moguls. Yeah. And open markers who uh, are offended by jokes they don't understand. I tell you what, like I've been in front of the SAS Mm. and done war crimes jokes, (laughs) right? But nothing scares me more than a 22-year-old blue-haired fuckwit (laughs) halfway through a gender studies degree. I'm serious. Like they're deranged and unhinged. They're being fed this, you know, uh, pseudo-intellectual babble. And this is what I find so funny. Like, when I was growing up and becoming politically conscious, people had an economic identity rather than a solely political one. Like, people conceived of themselves as, like, you know, I'm working class, you know, but now people say, Oh, well, I'm, I'm a non-binary pansexual vegan. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 you're poor. You're not. I think you're just. You're a have not. You're a proletarian scum.
2: That that's the part that uh, I've sort of been been wading into is. I think part of it is because classes have changed. Hundred percent. If you're if you came from a working class background, it, it is very likely you've overtaken people that were raised in an upper middle class background because they were raised, some would say, poorly, mm. and they've become fucking useless to society.
0: Yeah, so it's the people who have, have been taught how to survive and, and do, th- do the hard work.
2: Well, just o- also the,
0: the monies in
2: trades, uh, 100%. labour...
3: I can um, remember this. I was going to leave school at 15, go get a trade. Some mm. of my mates did. Yep. And now they're all cashed up, got mm. two houses and shit. My parents said, no, stay at school, invest in your mind. Mm. And yep. What they should have said was, no, invest in a mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, you've got blokes who can hardly read and write on 250 grand a year.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, know? well, that's, that's why I reckon a lot of the rules have changed. Mm. Cause, Cause it used to be about that sort of thing. Now, like it, if, it, you think of the things that can get you cancelled. Most working class people have been raised in that sort of environment to use that sort of language, stuff mm. like that. So having a, a skill or anything else like that or mm. more money to buy into this sort of shit, it, you can't stop them financially anymore. Mm. But you can stop them commercially on media. Like media is still very that upper middle class raised values, mm-hmm. and shit like that. Being able to speak without offending anyone but not say anything. Yeah.
3: Well, the two greatest weapons of the wealthy are the media mm-hmm. and the law. I mean, anytime someone's giving them a problem, that's how they're smeared, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, going back to what you are saying, Squirrely, about, you know, how that dynamic of class has changed and shifted. Uh that's happened in the space of one generation, really. I mean, yeah. With the hawke Keating era reforms that, you know, were played out in the US under Reagan and the UK under Thatcher. We deindustrialized most of our economy. We sent all our productive capacity offshore. We don't make things anymore. Mm. And yep. what replaced it was finance, insurance, real estate, fucking HR professionals. Mm. Now, isn't that the most sad phrase <laughs> yeah. in modern English? <laughs> A HR professional. Oh Yeah. Mm.
2: What, what I like is – or what I, I reckon is with more HR, if you – this is just fucking purely a guess, mm. but I reckon if you went to the places with the most HR employees, you'd have more people suffering depression and more people killing themselves in those industries than places with less HR.
0: Would that be a result of why there is – more HR people, or would that be? You think it's it's uh, a a result of there being more res- uh, I, HR people? I, I
2: think it's part of the the culture.
0: Hundred percent.
3: Curtin University have done a study on it, mm. um, and they said you know the, the micromanagement and you know the constant you know surveillance and worrying about and pussyfooting around. Mm. It's created a culture that makes people very unhappy at work. And when you're away at work and you're there. You know for a week at a time or two weeks at a time, um, I can see how that would really weigh on you. I was on tour on the mine I was
0: spent a week in a donger and I wanted to fucking kill myself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well I find that um that whole Idea of uh, I'd be very interested to see if there's a study on this. I'm sure there would be. You know, the idea of like forcing someone to do something as opposed to sort of um, working together with them, encouragement, incentivization. Yeah, so like f- force, like being a parent now, I see that side of things. Like forcing my child and forcing kids to do something all the time is eventually going to result in pushback. Mm. And them not wanting to do it, just like when someone tells you to fucking get you, the vaccine, <laughs> 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 get the vaccine. Uh, <laughs> get, but watch uh, a TV series. We? You got to watch this TV series. It's the fucking best. And you are like, nah, fuck yeah, I am not going to watch it. I don't want to watch it Cause just because you are telling me. But then if you found it yourself, you'd be like, oh, you got to watch this yeah, fucking yeah. TV series. But uh, that aside, like I, I feel like there is always pushback. Perfect example: vaccine. Mm. Um, all these. It,
2: it took you what ten minutes. Yeah, he yeah, got onto the you, max. No, oh, mate, 13 got.
0: minutes and 10 but, seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so we have got the. Are, um,
2: are you paying out on that? Yeah, Surely no, that was a bet on. Uh, fucking...
0: How long <laughs> is
2: it going to take Corey to mention the jab? <laughs> oh, mate,
0: there's pl- we got plenty we can talk about. We've just added ivermectin to the to the to the list of treatments on the CDC website. Just. Just quietly.
2: Just quietly? Just yeah, quietly. Right, it's a horse dewormer.
1: Nah.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, we'll come back to that. But yeah, this whole thing, this idea of forcing people to do things, and that's it, it, with everything, it, it doesn't end up helping. The same with like enforcing. This is what Jordan Peterson is pushing back against. You know, Forcing him to use certain words um, is not – He he, will, he uh, I think I remember him saying, like, out of courtesy, he would use – The correct terminology to be nice to a person if they asked him, but he's not being told by a a governing body or a state that he has to use phrasing. And that was what his thing was. He's been, he's just been painted as a um, a pseudo intellectual by uh, in the new Olivia Wilde movie. Yeah, yeah. And they've based a character on him for being a a pseudo science. He's one of the most published. uh, I think. What's, he, what's his um, area of expertise? It, so
3: he's a clinical psychologist. Yeah, what I yeah. find so funny though is like, you see every interview he's done in mass media over the last 10 years, oh. there's that famous Kathy Newman one. Yeah. So what you're, so what saying, you're saying, is, saying is- Right. Yeah. And then Tom Ballard had a crack at him on Tonightly and that was an absolute bin fire as well. Oh. Tom was way out of his death. Yeah. Not, Depth. nice guy though yeah. um, <laughs> and you know but you can't I think a lot of people would be no out one can him. engage him on the terrain mm, right yeah. and you see and i am not by no means a Jordan Peterson fanboy I, you know some of the things he says I think are very logical and well-reasoned and very well argued but that doesn't mean I ascribe to all of his philosophy and I don't think anyone should with anyone right yeah, yeah. It, particularly with women and I've done a lot of social experiments with this <laughs> you see You mentioned the word Jordan Peterson And oh. the ovaries come up And take over the frontal lobe yeah. And it's no longer a rational discussion It's an emotionally driven one mm. And you ask us, like, Can you particularise What it is he said That you don't like mm. And most of them go I haven't actually read it Yeah yeah And He's misogynistic And I was yeah. guilty of this too When I was young I had a lefty friend Who you know Doesn't like Jordan Peterson And I bet Because he's never read a book Um and I deferred my view on someone on Jordan Peterson to someone I thought who was more informed than me, and it was a terrible mistake looking back on it. And yeah. I was young and I was naive, and uh, I think it's a good lesson: is you know, like make up your own mind, engage with the content, then mm. form well, your opinion.
2: Well, you would think that Jordan Peterson is Andrew Tate if you went off those sort of people. Oh yeah, which is crazy. I mean. The way they're reacting. I'll I'll be honest with you. I see him like he's a bit of a delicate flower. Mm. I I wouldn't be taking, you know, a heap of life advice from him because I I don't think, you know, I I see some good points in like everything, but, Mm. I mean, you take what you need to live in the society that you're Mm. in. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you're raised in, in the country, going to the pub and stuff like that, Doing everything Jordan Peterson tells you probably gets you punched in. In the head, at some stage, anyway, but it's yeah. a
3: different mode of
0: life, too, yeah. right? Mm. And I mean,
2: and that's for everywhere. Mm. Everywhere is slightly. And his slightly is always
0: different. based on on logic and science, and sometimes yeah. he just takes he does take emotion out of it, and sometimes emotion has to be factored in. I think sometimes and feelings and and that. That doesn't mean we pander to them, but we. You got he, feelings. I got feelings, but uh, I wouldn't go out of my way specifically just to piss someone off or say something hurtful, um, but. And I don't think he, <laughs> I, I don't think he does. I, I'm sure I would accidentally make say something hurtful to someone, or um, and it, I guess sometimes you lose temper and stuff like that. But same with him. I don't think he intentionally sets out to hurt people's feelings. He, he has an opinion and he's, he's pretty firm on it. Like even the, you look at his stuff on the gender wage gap and stuff. He's not specifically having a go at women. He's saying there's multi variables that contribute to women getting paid less. One of them is, you know, a, a sexist side of things where women just genuinely get paid less for being women. But that's one of about nineteen or twenty different variables and, you know, there's there's that's a pretty logical answer to to, su- to, to suggest yeah. that. And then for him to say that then turns him into a misogynist. Well, I think it's sorry, go
3: now you go. I just think it's really interesting that, you know, guys like Jordan Peterson have been smeared so repeatedly and, you know, had these really uh, well-organised and persistent attacks on him online and, you know, the deplatforming, platforming And then people go, well, how the fuck did Andrew Tate get so popular? It's like, well, because men have seen someone with a rational, you know, tempered argument be treated like that. Um, and, of course, there's going to be some blowback to that.
2: Yeah. Well, there, there's nothing out there that is a normal masculine so, sort of guy. Like mm. on anything, mm. really. Like you, you pretty much either have to go ultra, or because you're not listened to mainstream. Mm. Nice. Like so, some of the ideas out there are fucking nuts. Like there's no normal. Like the everyday Australian on Australian bloke on TV is Scotty Camp, a fucking multi-millionaire, and they're like, oh, but he likes a beer.
3: Yeah. Oh, he's had one out. of the lads, is not he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. George Calambaras, he's one of us. He's underpaid. He's worked for 10, <laughs> ten fucking years. <laughs> he's on TV still. Yeah. Wayne Carey's one of the boys. He's <laughs> out glass and oh. he's misses fucking his best mate's wife, doing coke at Crown. Nurofen, fucking Nurofen. I like love, <laughs> you <duck, laughs> You haven't fucking had a kick and given yourself a
0: reason to have some anti-inflammatories, mate. <laughs> I loved your your post about that. You know the the the. Where Australia's moral compass lies with... But it's just classic Australia.
3: If you can kick a piece of leather really well (laughs) or if you won a premiership, there's a different standard applied to you for behaviour. If you're the affable fucking degenerate, but, you know, he won a premiership, you know? Mm. (laughs) There's a different standard. And I remember... Ben Cousins as well? He's a classic example of it. And I remember being at Trinity College and, you know, the kids who were there on football scholarships... So they didn't come to class. They were out kicking the footy. Mm. Um, yeah, they will pass school. Yeah, and that uh, precedent is set very early on. Mm. I think in our culture.
0: Yeah, and yeah, footy, <coughs> footy's is a, a an interesting one. I don't know why. I do what, I do know why they're idolised. I guess because people always idolise sport heroes because they've taken a chance and they're trying to you know, trying to be the best they can be and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean they're good people all the time.
2: But I'll I'll still say the opposite is worse at the moment. Mm. I mean, uh, at least a footy player has done work to get where they're at, especially now. Like They've had to concentrate on something, be one of the best in in the world at it. Mm. You compare what we've got anywhere else, like that OnlyFans chick that shut down the fucking Perth, Oh, yeah. Thing. Fuck! Fuck. Like, who the she, fuck
0: was that girl? She's mm. got tits. Yeah.
2: That's oh. literally it. Is it? Like, fucking – and, and then the push by mainstream media at the moment that you can't shame OnlyFans people because it's slut-shaming or something. I don't respect people who run an OnlyFans. I don't respect people who watch OnlyFans. <laughs> I don't respect real estate agents either.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I
2: cannot respect people
0: yeah, or, yeah. or jobs. Yeah, I see get what you a, mean.
2: Get a talent. Like money and fame means fuck all if mm. you're not doing anything. That is a, uh, good,
0: a good point because the footy players, they they don't just – it's funny because I got the a bit more of an inside look at what – and I haven't been AFL level, but Waffle level, they train at a pretty high level. And you see what, what um, effort they put into creating good humans – doesn't necessarily always work. You get some fucking bad eggs and dickheads who just don't take it on. But the, the 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 crux of what they try to push, especially at my footy club, was always creating good people, being the best person you can be on and off the football field. Um, trying to t- learn uh, how to work as a team, working hard, uh, playing your role, and being selfless was a huge part of what we were taught. And and. Appreciating not only the fact that you get to run out on a football field, but there is a whole organisation of people that just don't that go unrecognised that help you become the great person player yeah, that you are, like people behind the scenes, yeah, tr- tr- not like trainers, water boys, stuff like. That. If you didn't have a fucking water boy during a game, like I played country footy, there was no water boy for a game, and I was like, "What the fuck? This is <laughs> fuck." So you don't you take that for what we're taught at those are higher levels, and I'm only assuming it gets wor- more and more in, in AFL. you're taught an appreciation for everyone who's part of the organisation. I think
3: the West Coast Eagles era of uh, 2003 (laughs) to 2007 was a very big cautionary tale for that.
0: And and so that's the whole idea of like, just because you teach people to be the best person they can be and you have tried to drive that culture doesn't necessarily mean there's bad eggs that... Don't well, infiltrate the whole system
3: My under 17s footy coach Was selling math To some of the boys in the team
1: <laughs> And we were still losing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah
3: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But.
2: <laughs> you really are the B grade Ben Cousins <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a crack mate
0: <laughs> You can't tell that, you can't that joke anymore can you Because you don't you
3: Mate Cousy's fucking Cleaned up his act And he's, doing good. he's fucking back on TV Yeah Yeah <laughs> That's, right. And he's a perfect example of what you're talking about. And like. get this, right? He's doing a show with Sam Newman called Uncensored. Oh. Hey, Sam, can we talk about the circumstances of your partner's death? Not that long ago. Was there any uh, drugs involved in that? Oh,
0: fuck. Oh. Jesus Hey, Cuzzy, let's talk about maining. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Uncensored. Wowzers. That's shots fired. So, Ben, we do want to get you on the podcast at some point. So. I love you, Cuzzy, mate.
3: That 2006 grand final, bro, and the jokes I had at that 2021 fringe. Wow, oh. I would give you a
0: hand. Without hesitation it, Look People love a good Comeback story Like People go into the depths Of of, of their lowest point yeah. And to see him- Even
2: if it's a 4th or 5th comeback <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> Even if you've been Convicted of stalking And possession yeah. of Methamphetamine There's always a road back now, Unless you mate, I do like your idea, your concept, though, of the fact that we're able to idolise these sorts of characters like him and Dark and give him a second chance. But Novak, who you said in this, he stands by his his values. He's one of the greatest athletes of all time, especially in his his chosen sport. He's um, a model husband a, and a model father, and, and like we kick him out of the country and demonise him because he didn't want to take a fucking drug that now we can see didn't even helped spread stop the spread and He's and, been vindicated emphatically in yeah, my view. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So like and then they want to demonize him but not these guys who are coming back.
3: Yeah. Well, it's uh it's an enormous double standard isn't it, you know? The- to be honest, I was like fuck that cunt. Send him back home. Not because I cared about the vaccine. If I had to do it to keep my job, that is to fucking do it to hit a ball. Yeah. <laughs> So he could afford to make the choice not
0: to and, and make the is. difference between you and him. And he also decided he wasn't going to come if he wasn't allowed and then they mm. said, yeah, come, and then they kicked him out as well. So In Australia, a, yeah. Yeah. They said, yeah, come, come, well, come. I'm,
2: <laughs> I'm a massive Rafa fan, so... Oh, yeah, so you hate <laughs> so the cut
1: anyway. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: would you go with Wimbledon watching... Uh, those two go at it like the final. I felt a bit conflicted because I, I was a bit behind Curios Ky- because I'm like, fuck it, we'll go for Australia. And he's, you know, he's 100% who he is. Yep. might be a dick, but he's 100% who he is. Australians were so conflicted in that,
3: weren't they? Mate. Like, who do we go for? We don't like both of them. <laughs> I mean, I was like, it's a win-win for me. I like
0: Kyrgios yeah, and yeah. Novak, like fucking- So I like Kyrgios, but my- And then we go again to the footy style thing of being appreciative and, and humble and and um, almost uh, what I was taught was to to not blame others for your, your results. And he was yelling at his- Family for not cheering when he was losing. Yeah, and I felt like that's pointing the finger and sooking and sulking, which y- y- I, I was like, oh fuck, I I don't watch tennis enough.
1: Yeah.
2: So
0: when I seen oh. that for the first time, I've seen him doing that. I was like, oh. Have
2: you played tennis?
0: Yeah, I love playing tennis. I hate watching it. I'd kill a motherfucker.
2: Yeah, like, yeah. Not not like just someone. I was playing a game, so I'd kill the ball boy. Yeah. Fucking yeah. like. Tennis is the most frustrating game on the planet. Mm. Worse than golf? Yeah. That's the only one that's fucking up there,
0: I reckon. Because oh. I reckon
3: golf's like male menopause. Like men <laughs> like in their mid-30s, they just start playing golf like all the time. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad but I there, started when the, I was the, d-
0: early 20s then. <laughs> <laughs> you had
3: premature ovarian yeah, failure, yeah, did yeah, you, mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The
2: difference is in tennis... You fuck up a shot and then there's a smiling face over the fucking net
0: just rubbing it in as
2: well. Well if and you just like, fuck Well this.
0: If, unless you're playing with my mates golf and you hit yeah, it. fucking shank <laughs> and you turn around and they're smiling at you you're like a yeah. fucking prick. But
2: I, I do find it funny, like especially now, Serena Williams is going on you yeah. know, the farewell tour. Yeah, yeah. To me, she is the female Kyrgios. Like everything that he's done. She has done as well, mm. and the people that hate her seem to love Kyrios, and the people that love her seem to hate Kyrios, and it's, it's a weird, weird mix of liking someone for a different reason to who they are. Like she threatened to kill an umpire.
0: We're seeing a lot. She of...
2: literally said she was going to kill
0: her. We, we said, see... if I do that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we've seen a lot of irony everywhere on. On the planet lately. So it's not uh, outside the the realm of normality now for for two people to see two people who are aligned and hate one and love the other.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, it's sort of just this thing we're at where you like or love someone so much that you don't even know. Mm. Like, you got no idea who these people really are. Yeah. Like, fucking, it's just a persona put out. Mm. Through the media or on the media or on your social platform, mm-hmm. like that's not who you are. You yeah. could still be a fuckwit. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. I'm a cunt.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: Remember the, like, the, you know how? I guess tennis is a good example of how Australia has changed. When I was growing up, you know we had Pat Rafter. Yeah, <laughs> and then Mark Philippoussis, right? Yeah. Uh, but then we've had Bernard Tomic. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like
0: we've got a, a, like a gradual decline. Like, uh, well, we, we, we had Leighton Hewitt to sort of like ease us into that. fucking. I forgot oh. about Leighton.
2: Leighton didn't ease us
0: in. <laughs>
2: Leighton was the bad boy of tennis. That's, That's how far
0: we've gone down since. When he was the bad boy, of yeah. like that. he wore his hat backwards. Oh my god. Yeah, so uh, he was like an easing in. To the Bernard's. Yeah, it was topic. just the little finger, just. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: just the tip.
2: Just the tip.
0: And now fucking Kyrgios is balls and all. Oh, mate. Oh, fuck. But, um, sport. Oh, while we're talking about sport and footy, uh, did you watch the footy on the weekend? Oh. How no. good was it? Fucking most incredible round of finals I watched I've seen.
3: Three games of football all year before the finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I watched all those games, and incredible that uh, Geelong Collingwood game oh, was probably one of the best games of footy. Well, not ever for seen.
0: me. I, I loved it. I loved it. You were back in Collingwood. <laughs> no, I hate fucking Geelong. Yeah. But I needed Gary Rowan to kick a fourth goal with a couple of seconds left. And, you, oh. and he marked it in the goal square and handballed it off. And that was their winning. So I hate Geelong. Now,
2: wasn't that the one he dropped the... Yeah, he
0: dropped the mark, yeah. the chest mark, and, and he, then it, picked it up and he was running yeah. into an open goal and he just handballed it off to whoever he fucking handballed off.
2: And he dropped it so badly that he didn't touch it. Yes. Whereas if he'd actually hit his chest they probably wouldn't have got the goal. He would have fucked it up. Yeah. But he fucked it up so bad that it worked. I'm
3: way more confident with Gary Rowan kicking from outside 50 than I am 25 metres.
0: (laughs) So I backed him. I was like, fuck it. He's had a terrible finals run for the last five, six years. I'm going to back him in to kick four today. Oh, he was amazing. And he was so good. And then he was – and I was like, if this is how Geelong have to win, I'll fucking cop it. I'll cop it. I really hate (laughs) Geelong so much. And then he handballed it off and I was like – Lose both times. Fucking Geelong wins and Gary Rowan loses. You You've fuck. been in Delby's chair, not no, no, to, I, and yeah, You're already a, complaining about your multi going, yeah, back. Yeah. and I genuinely try not to. Games I really, really, really want to watch, I try not to bet on because I don't want it to sway my like who I'm going for. Like that, I didn't. I don't think I had a bet, or I had a very unimportant bet on the Richmond Brumbies game, and my who I wanted to win in the last two or three minutes changed. Whoever was behind, yeah. I just wanted whoever was behind it and kick the next goal. So it oh. was good. I love that footy from a neutral perspective and just enjoying it.
2: I, I just love uh, pretty much every team that won on the weekend mm-hmm. were the ones that played the most attacking yeah. footy. So, And uh, it's changed completely from the last couple of years. 100%. And and that's where Melbourne got bait. Yep. They just tried to shut down the game and you can't shut it down against good
0: teams at the moment. So I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped because I was really worried the two teams I didn't want there to be in there was Melbourne and Geelong and now they can't possibly be there together. Yeah. Um and the the three sides I wanted to be in the grand final were either I wanted Collingwood, just because I don't like Collingwood, but I you like just want him. to see them lose on the big day. <laughs> I just like yeah. watching them play. I don't know what it is this year. I've just really oh. been excited by watching them. So it Collingwood, but I've been on Sydney and Frio, who I want, and they're all on the same. Bracket, those three. So one of them has to get in. So I've got a team, whoever wins, out of those three sides, so Collingwood and Freo this week, and then they take on Sydney. It'll be Sydney, wouldn't it? I hope so, because one of my best mates supports Sydney. We're all getting together. There's about four or five of us just having a few beers, but he's a Sydney supporter, and poor cunt for the Bulldogs 2016 one. Everyone else was on the Bulldogs. Poor flag was sitting there. We'll fucking give it to him. But we're going to ride Sydney this year.
2: Yeah. Well, I got him for the premiership. Uh, at the start of the year. Really?
0: So. Yeah. Fuck, that would have been paying good. No. How I did think... the conversation get to betting?
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, decline bet.
3: <laughs> but if we could bet on who's going to be delisted because of their behaviour off the field, <laughs> <Ooh>. Jordan Dugowie. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That <laughs> bloke is the biggest flog in the AFL. Oh, yeah. So he'll be St Kilda next year, I think. And he's just got that air of, you know – yeah, I'm wicked at footy and I got away with shit at school because I was good at footy. Chicks loved me because I was good at footy. Mm. And he's carried that attitude into his whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Not one ounce of humility. Probably can't even fucking
0: spell. Well, that's <laughs> probably the perfect example of what I was talking about. Like you can teach people all these fucking values and stuff and you get bad eggs. They're just yeah. uh, ego-driven. Probably... In the AFL, you probably get a few more of them because they are so good and they have been so good for so long. They're the best of their, you know, their juniors, so they become that arrogant. While lady. we're on
3: this subject, can we talk about uh, Adelaide's method of it making oh. good club members disclosing the things they told the psychologists in confidence, nice. being used against them? That's a
0: Gandalf. Who's whose was it was um, Josh Jenkins. Yeah, he was told specifically we won't use this and they brought it up like in front of everyone. That's fucking Yeah. I get this whole like harden your mind and become a fuck I get that idea the idea, but there is methods to but that's doing like military it, that is, grade yeah, tactics. That's yeah. what they do to the SAS guys,
3: right? Like yeah. But these aren't trained killers; they're fucking athletes. Yeah. Now that sport year,
0: players. That, that year, granted, they were fucking. Was this the year, pro, like the year they lost the grand final? Yeah. So the preseason leading into that year.
2: No, no, the preseason after.
0: Post. Yeah. Fuck. So. Because that's why they so were did,
2: playing the Tigers song flat out on the bus.
0: Because and that. Because and w- like that. that was um, that did not work. They were horrific the next year.
2: Yeah, I, I did find it funny, like. Um, when it was released, when Eddie Betts put out what was done, mm. and, like, there was some fucking horrific shit there, but the most reported and the most commented on was that they did the Honesty Talking Stick, which is uh, uh, Aboriginal culture, mm-hmm. and they were like, it's it's stealing Aboriginal culture. I'm like, that's that's not in the top ten worst things they did. Like... Kids, kids do that at school, man Like, fucking
0: That is ridiculous That yeah. that was even considered as well, that was, That's the bad thing of they're
2: it They're like, oh Fucking all this racism on there It's like, mate They told Eddie Betts He was gonna be a bad parent Cause oh he fucking god. Did they? I didn't yeah, say that Yeah, cause he was raised by his mum Oh my god It's like You know, racism's bad But that shit's fucking worse.
3: That's, that's psychological violence but, and a very, very uh, that's poor example. I the, just think that's abhorrent.
2: It's not working out what, like SAS and all that, there's always a potential in the training to break people. Mm. But they, the risk is worth it because you've got to send them to a place that is fucked up. They've got to do stuff that, mm. you know, so you can't wait. To do that sort of training Football mm. Is not worth the risk Nah And it and it showed Because they Completely exploded The team that was I mean Everyone seems to forget Because Richmond Have done so well since Adelaide were the favourites That year mm. They had a better team The next they, year, they
0: were by far The best team that year
2: Yeah They shat the bed mm. Like they the had them final. Fucked in the game Yeah did, They did you, still had did them Did you
0: see what they Do you know where The, t- the game turned that year Richmond versus – and I can't believe I remember this because I was drunk in a bar in Thailand. But I remember, I remember even saying it going, you fucking idiots. So I cannot for the life of me remember who it was, but one of the Adelaide players started fucking shoving and getting in the grill of someone when they kicked a goal of one of the Richmond players and like showboating in front of them and I, you're fucked. You've awoken a giant. And the Richmond didn't. They didn't fucking pander to it. They didn't buy into fighting and fucking showboating. They just won the hard footy and no fucking yep. they they destroyed them after that. Yeah,
2: when the pressure went on, yeah. a- Adelaide
0: just wilted. Like,
2: yeah, all their their skills, which they were so far above Tigers, it, they they felt it and it just crumbled like I've never seen.
0: Because um, everyone knows when you're playing a game of football, football players specifically when they're playing a game of football, they know the teams that are fucking spruking and, and pushing and shoving and, and all show, when it comes to actually getting down and dirty and fucking getting the football, they're not going to do it. They're all there to to get you after. But if you're the one, if you're the fucking, you know, the Gary Ablett fucking picking the ball up and giving it out, getting copping a fucking hit of the head, Selwoods and stuff like that, and for Geelong, I'm using Geelong as an example. But if you're using those fucking hard nuts who would – don't give a fuck about pushing and shoving, but just put their body on the line. They're the ones who win your games. Yeah, they're the ones.
3: I can't so. remember who it was, um, but it tells a story of like uh, chirping Kobe Bryant during a game, <laughs> yeah. and then like Kobe's just come out like a man possessed, <laughs> yeah, and just taking a game away from that. And it's interesting that psychological dynamic uh, mm. and how uh, I guess. Hatred or contempt can be a real powerful motivator mm. yeah. to bring out the best in well, someone. Well, the oh, best
2: one is Michael Jordan, where he he managed to do that without anyone saying something. Yeah. And he just made up what they said. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, I never said anything. Or how about when he
0: lost the fucking. He didn't get MVP and he thought he was MVP. He was yeah. so angry. He went out and kicked, he fucking hit 60 points or something. Yeah. He's just. Yeah. I took
3: it personally. Yeah. He took it personally. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, his man. mindset,
0: like. People hated him when they were playing with him, as far as it seems. But um, but they also loved him because he was fucking so driven. And
3: Yeah. Well, I think that happens to anyone who's at the top of their game for a long time. Like, it breeds a resentment. Like, it happened to Kelly Slater. Mm. Yeah. Kelly Slater was the best surfer in the world for a decade. And it bred resentment within the ranks. And, you know, waves would get scored higher than they probably should yeah, have yeah. because of the Kelly effect and the stardom effect. Mm. Yep. But I also
2: think it's kind of the sport, Mm. like surfing was very laid back and then you got this ultra professional. Basketball, uh, sort of the same thing. Mm. Like you look at the shit that they talk about what uh, Michael Jordan did and everything that he demanded. In certain sports, that's not – like it's still late but not abnormal, Mm. whereas basketball was like, you know, he was there for training all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what yeah, are yeah. you doing, man? Yeah. We just rock up and do really athletic shit. Like, it wasn't... Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Gary Abbott Sr. was rocking up the training whenever <laughs> the fuck he wanted. <laughs> he was still coming out
0: and kicking bags at nine, you know? Oh. What's important, I'm I'm trying to teach my nephew, um, <clears throat> and he's uh, he's definitely not, I'll say this, he's not good at it losing. And yeah. I don't think enough people are good at losing. Mm. Well, I
2: mean, you're 30-odd, <laughs> mate. You, you can't let him win a couple.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> I built him. He doesn't I'll take it well. I the fuck out of him. Now yeah. he would beat me if we played basketball, but um, his, his response to losing a couple of games, grand finals and stuff, hasn't been great. And I was actually literally talking to him about this last night. And I was like, I want to see you get better at losing and using it as a driving motivator. Um, and obviously, but relating that to life. And I said, what happens when you're – your girlfriend leaves you or you fucking lose a job or something that's out of completely out of your control happens to you and you can't handle that situation because you're used to winning all the time or you don't like losing. No one likes losing but you gotta be you got to learn how to lose with grace and dignity and use it as a motivator to get better. Mm. And I don't think I think it's pretty reflective of what's happening across the board in society. Kids and we're probably almost on that borderline um in our era. um, Have always got what we want or we've had it easy. Um, and the next generation is just getting it easier. And I fear for the f- following generation after that. They're not being told no. They're getting instant gratification. Well, we've got
3: a generation of children who are being raised by children, mm. really. Yeah. Um, I'm a big kid. I'm a
0: fucking big kid. Like, I don't know how my daughter's well, going Well, going back around. to what Jordan
3: Peterson said recently, is like, um, if you don't have
0: children, you will never
3: reach a full stage of maturity or something. Not that I agree with that, but... Um, I can see you know I, I know people in my own life, you know, who were, whose lives were off the rails until they had kids. Yeah. And kids were the things that made them get their shit together. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. maybe that's what I mean.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> it's just you don't know till you try and then yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, uh, it turns out it was
3: wrong. <laughs> I fucked is, up three I lives." always down. wear a mask inside, <laughs> truly. <really? laughs>
0: <laughs> it's always been one of those uh, those things where I was always told, you'll you'll you won't know until you have your own kids. You don't know, but you really don't know. There is this sort of sense of like you become the, not the most important thing in the world. Well, that's it. It
3: displaces you as the most important person in your life. And I'm self aware enough to know I'm far too selfish for that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of, yeah. And you have to meet a woman with you do
2: it the first. You know? like, <laughs> well, that, that's the other issue. <laughs>
0: I, don't, I don't know, problem there, but you know. But like all these kids, even now, like I look at my daughter, I give her the iPad, and I've said this before, she's got YouTube kids on her iPad. In which, if she doesn't like what she's watching, bang, next one. Whereas yeah. when I was a kid, and and this sounds privileged because the fucking generation before were like, I didn't have a fucking TV. But if I was watching TV, I had a TV guide. I had to fucking see what time it was on. Mm-hmm. I had to wait for it to come on. If I if I wasn't allowed to stay up, I had to record it and set the, learn how to set the timer on the VCR. If there's ads, I couldn't switch flick through the ads. I had to wait for them to finish. Like there was patience and waiting, to, and you get what you get, sort of thing. Right. And now I think. Right now I see that as a perfect illustration of what's happening. Kids don't have to wait anymore. They don't even have to wait to fucking watch what they want to watch. They just go to the next one.
3: And we were the last generation that was raised analogue and then had our adolescence in a digital sphere. Yeah. Like, we're the real trans generation. Mm. (laughs) Like, we've gone from (laughs) analogue to digital and it's like we still retain a lot of those analogue concepts and and values But we see the change in in a purely digital world. Like I've got um, cousins, and their social skills, interpersonal skills, are fucking non-existent. Yeah, like you can't get a word out of them. But online, like they don't shut up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's the only way you can talk
0: to them. So what's our what's our generation called? What are we What are we called? I think we're Gen Y. Gen Y. Yeah. It's millennials. Millennials. Yeah. And what's the new one? The one, the current, like they're sort of teenagers now. Uh, fuck. What is it? Um regardless of what they are let's say they're Gen Z i don't yeah gen z it is gen z so yeah. gen z they they there's this thing called the millennial pause <laughs> do you know what that is it's just like menopause for millennials <laughs> no yeah. and i definitely do it so when you first you know how like when we first started doing like things on camera or whatever you'd press the button and there'd be this little Second, you'd have to wait before you could start speaking Mm. because it wouldn't recording. So we grew up with that. So now if we still do it with modern technology, there's a, hey, guys, (laughs) (laughs) how are you? Or I'm just just going to jump off this cliff. But it's like whatever it ends up being, it's like there's a little one-second pause ready for it to start (laughs) recording, whereas uh, Gen Z are like, Bang, they start, they start speaking. And there's a difference yeah. in the way we talk on camera. We actually wait, and it's called the millennial pause. Yeah, everybody else. I suffer from it. I still go. I suffer. <laughs> <laughs> when I do my selfies, like, hey, guys, we've got this guy on the podcast or whatever like that. Can't say I do
2: too many <laughs> yeah, selfies. Yeah. So. But,
0: yeah, that's uh, – that's. <laughs> I, I, I have even picked up on it when someone well, mentioned I, I think,
2: it. I think it's um, all that stuff similar to the HR thing is there's a belief – And I think it especially comes from if you've had a comfortable childhood is that being comfortable results in happiness Mm. and it it doesn't, no, no. never has. Yeah, comfort Um,
0: comfort is not. So
2: you want to make your child as safe and comfortable um, as you can, thinking that will be happiness,
3: but it. It, it sets them up for failure. There's a yeah. book about this that Jonathan Haidt, a psychologist in the US, called The Molly, Molly Coddling of the American Mind. And it's this participation culture award where no one walks away with a hurt feeling and no one walks away with, going, oh, maybe I need to work at this and I need to get better at that. They're constantly fed all this affirmative, you're great nonsense. And it sets them up to be really... Uh, what's the word? As adults, they're not resilient. Yeah, yeah, you know, and they don't—they ha- don't have that capacity for resilience because, like I said before,
0: they—they're not used to losing. They don't know how to lose or not getting <coughs> their way. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that's again the, the instant gratification. We're just so used to it. It's un, it's it's not it's 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 not normal for us to not get our way so quickly. Yeah, lack of patience.
2: But the idea then now is is pitched to adults to have safe safe spaces. Like that will help, mm. but it just pushes the issue further. Because mm. the world is the world. Mm. Like you, gotta, life's just harder than that. Yeah, you yeah. just gotta you gotta deal with it. And there's times where fucking it, it's gonna
3: be really hard. Mm. But hiding from it doesn't fucking help it. No, I always think you know, like because I, you know, I had uh, a quite privileged upbringing. I also had, you know, a very underprivileged upbringing, but I'm very grateful for the adversity mm. and the trauma I had as a kid because it shaped me for the better as an adult. And mm. I think there's a Goldilocks zone of trauma and adversity for kids. Yeah, We're not too heavy, not too light. Yeah. It's just right. And I think, you know, um, to give kids that purely privileged upbringing with no trauma, no adversity, I
0: just don't think it makes healthy adults. And it's so hard to do because I'm fully aware of that. So, side of things, and that's how I want to raise my daughter. I want her to <clears throat> fall over. I want her to make mistakes.
2: That's easy, man. <laughs> but, Kids are easy to push <laughs> Yeah,
0: but I also want her to uh, – I, I want to look after her. So yep. it's this thing of like when it, when she was young, young, and she's starting to learn how to walk, I used to catch her <laughs> as she'd fall, and then I'd be like, fuck, I have to let her fall over to like, actually – let her know this is why it hurts. Yeah. Then she might put in a bit more effort to walk better or fucking whatever, you know, these sorts of things. But um, even now, like I've started taking away the iPad, for example, and just saying, no, you don't get it. And she doesn't need a reason. I just say, no, you're not having it. And hearing no is not... It doesn't get a great reaction initially, but <laughs> I've been doing it for the last
1: three. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no means no. <laughs> so I, I've said to I said to That's I've not said where to, I was going by
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I've had to say to Scotty a couple of times, "No, nah, you're not having it." And the reaction is just like, "What do you mean?" What the f- – yeah. like, what do you mean though? No? Like, uh, is there a reason behind this? Is there, a, is there logic? No, no, you're just not – you're not getting it. And then when they start realising sometimes you just don't get your own way, sometimes it doesn't just happen for no other reason than it just, just doesn't – it just didn't happen, then I think they start to get a little more used to it. So I'm seeing it with Scotty. She's becoming a bit more resilient in, yeah. in ways. But
2: Well, even uh, in my working life, like, I, I sort of started uh, as a deckhand on charter boats, barefoot, fucking mm. dropping sinkers on your feet. It was hard work and shit like that. And then I've, I've done the opposite where it's, uh, you know, office and lots of HR stuff. It, there's not a lot of work going on. Mm. And it, it's, it's crazy if you haven't done sort of both mm. to see the difference in how happy the people are in the working environment where you're you get home and you're absolutely fucked but everyone's happier than the area where it's fucking all comfort if you don't want to do something you just say look I I, I don't feel like doing that today or you know there's a OH&S issue with that so we're going to need to plan that out for another 2 hours rather than a yeah. 5 minute job and the the best part is if you've done the first one First, you can look at all that stuff in the office environment and go, this is fucking stupid. Yeah. And just still find a way to enjoy it. Yeah. But I see so many depressed people. Mm. They fucking hate their life. They hate the job. Mm. And they can't go anywhere else because it's, it's comfortable. And, and it's
3: specialised, you know what I mean? Like oh, I see this with lawyers that I know, you know. It's like I did a day's work for a mate helping him pull up some paving, mm. you know, and then like my hammies felt like they were going to blow it out. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. it was real, but at the end of the day, I had a, like, you know, it's like a sense of achievement and accomplishment that yeah. I don't think you get in office jobs. Nah. Yeah, There's no physical exertion. You're quite sedentary you're yeah, not walking around at all.
0: I miss it and you know I'm, like- I'm I, that I miss that side of things at the end of the day I've done a fucking hard day work like polishing, grinding, cutting, welding, covered in shit and then, You're surrounded by 10 other blokes who have done the same shit and then you sit down and have a beer on a Thursday after work and you're like, fuck, we earned it today. And there's this sense of accomplishment and hard work. I do miss that. I don't miss the work really, but I miss the sense of accomplishment after. Yeah. Which I'm trying to replace in so many different ways. Like that 80-kilometre marathon uh, last year I did is just trying to chase a sense of fucking working hard at something. Yeah, fuck that. Because (laughs) – Yeah. So like – uh, I'll go help with so, the paving. <laughs> a couple of a couple of things I feel like I've done I've done in that way. Like it is, it's hard to get out of your comfort zone. And quitting my job to do what I'm doing now was fucking scary, and it still is, and it still causes a few little um, anxieties and fucking. You know, you're always worried about where's the neck, where's the work coming from and stuff like that. But there's there's and there's there's pros and cons to it. But um, things like that have almost. Hardened me to be able to do things um, that I did, didn't think I could do, yep. and I think that almost comes down to things like preseason camps that I've done with footy have made me so hardened that I'd be like, no, it's, you were saying before, like no, it's easy. Like that eighty kilometre marathon, I've done preseason camps where I've felt far more pain and did harder things where I was like, meh, it's eighty, it's tough, but it's not like I've done worse. And it was, That's how it felt. That's it. What would, it wouldn't have been. I know it was yeah. fucking. But yeah, it's. I think that's the idea of like. If you've done something so hard before, anything less just feels easy. Yeah. It's like you're hardening your. Speaking of, I'm doing it again. I've, yeah. Actually, that's an announcement, and I'll announce it properly on Saturday. Fucking white David Goggins over here. Yeah, yeah. doing <laughs> so we. So the idea was, and actually I'll announce this now. Um. The idea was we were going to do a 100-kilometre marathon uh, out in Calamunda Hills-ish, and it's with uh, Feral Feral Pig fucking Race or something. I can't remember what it's called. It's, it's an uh, ultra-marathon series event organiser. And then we just realised, fuck, me and my mate were going to do it. Why don't we just do our own? So we found a better track. <laughs> And uh, we've got Zero to Hero on board, which is a mental health charity that specialises in um, specifically preventing suicide in youths and at least giving them the tools to try and work within this. We're trying to raise money for them. And we're going to run 100... I think it ends up being 103 kilometres from Canning Dam to Trigg Beach on November 5th this year. Remember, remember, the 5th of November. Oh, I won't forget that now. So, um, yeah, it's going to be good. What we're going to try and do is... um, we're going to try and sort it out so listeners maybe come to the trig beach at the end maybe or if they want to come and run a leg like 15 k's or 10 k's with us and some of it and i'll do 800 meters yeah yeah delby's gonna run i think the first 15 20 k's um with us and then yeah we'll try and have a little i don't know how much i'll be partying but uh, a, little, <laughs> yeah. a little party at the uh at the end at trig beach where we finish and um if any listeners want to come, isn't yeah. that
3: funny though? Like alcohol consumption
0: after you've done physically <laughs> like
3: that. Like that's why I love going, you know, like surf trips or whatever. You surf twice in a day. Yeah, you have one beer, oh. And oh, you're you gone, are finished, <laughs> you yeah. are
0: fucked. Well, right. in saying that, after the eighty, I tried to have a beer. I got about a half a sip in. Like I, I got a sip down halfway down the bottle, and I was, I couldn't, I couldn't even drink it. Yeah, so I'd actually doubt. I'll probably have a beer, but
2: yeah, I, I tried my best. <laughs> I, I miss the old boat beers. Like oh yeah, a, yeah, as a decky, you rush to clean the boat, get everything done, and then that first
0: beer. So I, I haven't had a
2: better one since. So
0: every day, sunset going down, and the smell of the ocean and the beer. Oh, I
2: don't give a fuck about that part. Just the but beer. <laughs> just,
0: just the beer when when you're absolutely fucked. And there's something about that, like. Even Do you know what my favourite beer is? This is definitely my favourite beer. A big day in the yard and finish the lawns. And the smell of freshly cut grass and looking over my... Am I getting old? Yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I used to look Science up... Signs you're ageing. I used to look up... Maybe he's born with it. <laughs> I used to look up porn sites. Now I'm looking up lawnporn.com. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Better
0: than me, mate. I'm yeah. watching war
3: porn in Ukraine every night. <laughs> Fucking dead bodies in cursing! Oh, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, but
2: Ukrainian dead
3: bodies are the best looking dead bodies <laughs> in the world. <laughs> oh, I don't know, bro. Uh, some of the Russians are pretty tasty too.
0: <laughs> there's a uh, there's, there's a bit of uh, a a thing that we could go down because that the the narrative there is yeah. uh, the narrative there is um, that Russia are getting their ass kicked. But I've started reading op- opposite uh, the op- the opposite. Really, look, they are the. Uh, the f- Starting point to
3: discuss this conflict is that everyone's lying. Yeah. On both sides, right? 100%. You don't know who's uh, lying, who's telling the truth. But I think that the Western media NATO narrative is probably more dishonest than the (laughs) Russian one. Like that
0: hospital, for example.
3: Well, but, you know, it's nothing that the Ukrainians weren't doing. I mean, one of the uh, mercenaries who was an American Marine said, like, yeah, I was there. We were stationed in a hospital. We were garrisoned in the school, but there was no one there, mm. right? And yeah. it's just like, well, it's an easy, cheap headline to say, oh, they shelled a school, but the kids weren't going to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's nothing the Palestinians don't do either. Mm. Yeah. Um And, yeah, so I think, you know, everyone's lying. lying, um, but to see some of the... Russian-Ukrainian uh, counter-offensive in Kersen, it's been a bloodbath. Mm. Yeah. Absolute bloodbath. Amphibious landing across the river. <laughs>
0: Do you feel like a lot of this... Because um, <clears throat> I, I just see this moving... Like, this is the American war machine. They like, I think they... Not America themselves, but the people who basically run the country <clears throat> financially benefit <laughs> and power-wise benefit from being at war and, and you know... Um, the, the war machine is pretty profitable for the states. Well, um, this is
3: what Julian Assange said about the Afghan war. It's not meant to be won. It's it, about transferring public money into the hands of the
0: transnational security elite.
3: War's a great business. Well, have you seen
0: every, almost every single big war we've ever been in, we've, the, the basically, America has ever been in, is just on the cusp of financial collapse. And it happened in you know the World Wars, it happened... Um, even recently, for fucking um, Afghanistan, like they're right on the cusp of financial collapse, and it's there now as well. And fucking just like that, we have a conflict in Ukraine. We just have a conflict in fucking Russia with China. Like I don't see it as, uh, I don't see it as a coincidence anymore. Well, it's their only large manufacturing industry. Mm. is weapons.
3: Weapons. They yeah. sent everything else offshore.
0: They profit from war, which. It seems illogical. It's like they want their country to thrive, but they have to be at war for There's it There's a great thrive.
3: book called War is a Racket written by an American general called Smedley Butler. I think it was published in about 9.30. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know, they reckoned Al Capone was a gangster. He operated in five cities. <laughs> I operated on five continents. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but all, all of these um, conflicts and I feel like you can – People who take their time to look at the reasoning and, and what's going on behind any conflict, you can sort of see that it's pretty it's, – it's a few men in suits making the decisions to pro- profit financially. That's what it normally feels like. But we don't have the time to look into that because we're so divided and fighting against each other. And I can't help but feel that's orchestrated as well. We're- divide and conquer. That's what's happened to the left in our lifetime, right?
1: Mm.
3: Like I remember being at uni – um, Barack Obama had just been elected. The world had been plunged into crisis because of the, you know, a small handful of financial elites were engaged in systemic mortgage fraud and it plunged the entire world into a financial crisis. Mm-hmm. And lefties were talking about inequality and neoliberalism. Uh, and fast forward 14 years, they're not talking about inequality, they're talking about identity.
1: Mm.
3: How have you. S- changed the way you see
0: the world so drastically. Uh, I, and I, that's why I feel like it is it is orchestrated. It feels very much a, yeah, divide and conquer seems to be a tactic. Like we're, we're contributing to division now by talking about this because there'll be people who side with our opinions. There'll be people who disagree with our opinions. And we are got to really start to realise um, that uh, not to like pump up our ego but our podcast is is having influence on people's opinions and what they believe and what they'd like to listen to so I'm on this it's not it's not we're getting some good we're getting some good traction especially when you're (laughs) on and I'm I'm interested like at what point are we meant to buy into the the idea of, like, pointing out the things that are dividing people and the hypocrisy and the the, the stupid things, but then also, like, go, oh right, fuck, well, are we contributing to that d- division by pointing it out? Like, I don't know what, I don't, you know? We'll and look- we're not the only ones. Like, you look at a, a – let's look at someone on a much bigger scale. Look at Russell Brand, for example, um, or Joe Rogan. Like, these guys have huge real – like, I say we have influence. They've got real influence on the, on the opinions of people and their opinions are very – Polarizing amongst uh, the the left and the right, but it goes back to what you
3: said earlier, Squirly, about you know, it, it's extremes are the only thing that cut through in modern yeah. media. It's out, you know, outrage driven media models, mm. and the people in the middle with the reasonable and nuanced and contextual points of view don't cut through because ah, it's not outrageous, yeah, uh, and that's where we're at. The people who have the loudest voices and say the most ridiculous things are the ones that cut through. I mean, look at Andrew Tate. Mm. Look at Clementine Ford. They're the same person, just in a different gender. But yeah. they're essentially operating on the same model.
2: Yeah. So Somehow one's got mainstream media backing and
3: one didn't, but... I mean, Clementine Ford could go around and say, oh, you know, the virus isn't killing men quick enough, right? And <laughs> yeah. Like, no, you don't get deplatformed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know... if a comedian gone and said, oh, well, look, the virus isn't killing women fast enough.
0: Yeah. Oh, f- yeah. You'd be hung, drawn and caught it. Well, I'm just going to get that clip and put it up on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> the virus isn't killing women <laughs> yeah. fast enough.
1: Do Just it. on repeat. Oh, man, that was
0: a hard yawn. <laughs> <laughs> <That was great. laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. The the left and the right, the the uh, the extreme views are the ones that that cut through. I With find myself is, sorry, making. Oh, I find myself making clips and going right. This is going to actually create more of a stir if I leave this little bit of context out at the start. And yeah. I'll uh, sometimes I'll put it up specifically knowing that uh, if they know this context, it's going to be less controversial, but I'll put it up and it'll work. And I don't like that I've done that a couple of times, but I've done that s- several times. At least you're honest about it. Yeah. Well, uh, I do uh, in the comments because it always ends up coming up. They're like, yeah, yeah. but you fucking did this and blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, well, you if listen you listen to the, the full <laughs> podcast, <laughs> <laughs> you would see that we spoke about that two seconds later. Or What's bro. context? Yeah, yeah. so um, – I do like doing it as a bit of a troll thing. But, yeah, it does. It it, it cuts through.
2: But that, that's also how they make people that are in the middle, all their clips and all the articles written about them, it's always something out of context that puts them to either side, like mm. Joe Rogan's far right. Mm. Fucking. Well, he's been vindicated now by right. like his things on Ivermectin. There'd still be people that yeah. don't, though. Mm. And Russell Brandt,
3: how the fuck is he considered right-wing? Yeah, I know. But this is the thing, right? The left has become the right. Mm. If you had told me 10 years ago that it was the conservatives who'd become the champions of comedy, Mm. that it was the lefties who were going around snivelling and trying to cancel people they don't agree with or because of jokes that they don't like, I would have scoffed at it. If you had told me it was the lefties who were professing a love for every institution they used to claim they loathed, like multinational pharmaceutical companies, the mainstream media, I just wouldn't have believed it. Mm. But here we are. Do you, do you think it
2: has something to do with how ineffective Obama was?
3: Oh, he was a fraud. On,
2: on everything that left-wing sort of went against, yeah. like uh, war, uh, everything he was elected on, he wasn't able to... To a yeah. He
3: didn't do it deliberately. He controlled both houses of Congress when he got elected. Mm. And he got in there and he was just the black face of American imperialism with rousing rhetoric. You know, his transition team was Goldman Sachs. Yeah. Um, he expanded the mass surveillance of Americans. The war in Libya. Mm. I mean, he was hardly the grand reformer everyone wanted him to be. He loved the symbolic gesture. Yeah. But that's but what that I was mean. It.
2: That's what I mean. If you're saying that as a lefty who who is thoroughly supporting him mm. and then he's not actually achieving any of those parts, are you going like, you know, maybe that stuff can't be changed and maybe mm. these symbolic gestures are the most important thing because everything we said we were going to do, we haven't done. Yeah. I don't know. It is... Is that part of why it shifted that
3: Disillusionment, way? Disillusionment, I yeah. think so. But also I think what's happened after the global financial crisis, particularly to left-wing politics and philosophy, is that it's been colonised by, uh, by capital and the people who run the world. Uh, it's fragmented, a unified, what once was a unified political bloc, people who used to be on the same team and now fighting against each other. And it's
0: classic divide and conquer strategy, I think. Do you do you think Obama came into the role with all intentions of making a positive impact and change and doing everything he wanted to do? and then got basically – we know that the president doesn't run what the fuck's going on. There's people telling him what to do and donors and lobbyists and whatnot. But do you think he had all intentions of actually coming in and then it just – he went, fuck. By that
3: point, he's already sold his soul. You know what what? I mean? Like you've been in the system long enough to understand how the pieces move, and then you're just playing into the narrative. So one of the things I hated as a kid is because of like somewhat of my colour, I had to – hold him higher than i saw my uncle like you can separate a person from their achievements becoming the president great thing you played a game a really hard game that only a select fewer people did and you're black cool but like you're now selling a narrative that you know yourself is not true you you know at the mm. end of the day you have to pass things through congress people have to agree with you people are going to stop bills going through mm. you cannot achieve what you promise and then you're actually lying to the people that you care about, and you're lying
0: to yourself. That's the self. hardest one, I think. So, and that's what I'm saying. Do you think he had all intentions?
3: I don't know. It reminds me of a bit Bill Hicks used to do about, you know, it's like uh, it's like it doesn't matter, you know, whatever you say in the campaign trail. Once you're elected, you go into this, you know, room filled with these capitalist industrialist scum fucks who got you elected, and you know they pull down the screen, yeah, and it's a film of the Kennedy assassination from an angle that you've never seen before. <laughs> so what's your policy agenda? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. I mean, the two-party system is uh, it's a fraud. Uh, two political parties but one political class. Mm. Yeah. That's what we've got. And in public, you know, they maximise their differences but in reality there's very little difference between Labor and Liberal. Mm. Um, well, I
2: think you say it in... WA the the most I mean when uh, the nationals through Brendan Grills were uh, pushing the royalties for regions remember
3: what happened to him yeah. the fucking West Australian was running front page stories with Chinese steel mill operators calling him an economic vandal and then he was going to ruin the West Australian economy
2: well well Liberal and Labor changed the voting laws so that people uh, living in Perth could vote in the Pilbara region. Um, at through FIFO, um, because they wanted their votes to get rid of him. Oh. That And neither party said anything. The Greens didn't say anything, even though uh, he, he was, um, you know, go, going to uh, raise the mining lease, which needed to be, mm-hmm. which is a policy that by every means they should support. Mm. 100%. That was a set in
3: 1967. And Charlie Charlie what- Court. Yeah, 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 right. The fish. That's that's my grandfather. I didn't know what it was. We used to call these cod. Like, What's that poppy? That's a Charlie court.
2: Yeah. I didn't know what it was. Big mouth, no guts, and if they could, they'd be fucking liars.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tastes good, but
2: Yeah, it does taste good. Yeah, no, they're ripping fish. We used to kill so many. Yeah? So many thousands and thousands of them because they had fuck all bag limit and then- they're a fish where like They'll always be there
0: Funny you say that So what's with this um, Fishing uh, To golf oh, Demersal ban Yeah Nine you, months a year Or something Yeah What's your thoughts On that sort of stuff um. Cause I, I, I like the idea Of like You know Not overfishing and, and stuff But they're literally Saying that is, and, and correct me If I'm wrong I can't go down To a beach And chuck a rod in And no, 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 catch no. my own dinner Is that wrong That's wrong That's wrong Okay good because that, that's fucked if that was the case. What does it affect? The
3: Jewfish, Baldies yeah. and Pink Snapper, I think.
2: Yeah. So, uh, Demersal Fish and, um, yeah, so it, it it's mainly – so right now I think it's a three-month ban mm. at, at, at present and then it, it's to raise it for, for longer. For those, um,
0: for those specific fish? Yeah. For anyone or for com, like commercial big large – you know, No, no, cucks.
3: no, for – For recreational fishing. Commercial fishers don't have to take a reduction
0: in their quota. And that's why the wreck fishers are angry. And I agree with them. Also, me, I can't go catch a snapper off a a boat, but someone can get a big net and fucking get a heap.
2: Yeah, well, uh, I will say there isn't as much commercial fishing out of WA as what people uh, would think. believe. Yeah, Um, A lot of the long-lining vessels, uh, I think there possibly is two. Maybe one long long line vessel
3: running out of WA. There's uh, fish. Is that in the Perth Metro area though, or in the Pilbara? Because in the Pilbara, do they have more than one? Now nah, they
2: No, nah, they've mostly got. So they've got fish trawlers up in the Pilbara. Um, trawlers, yeah. Which you, you'd say bad, but they work on an area that they only have. And so what's the what's the damage that a trawler causes? Well, I mean, to start with a lot, but at this stage now, they've been trolling the same area for that long, not so much. Um, Yeah, it's it's a difficult one because, I mean, the extent of a ban here, like if you've just bought a boat, Mm. there's no reason to keep that fucking boat. Which is good for me because I want to buy a bike.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, So but, So what fish – just three specific fish?
2: No, no, a, any uh, demersal fish. Which so what's is, a demersal it, it fish? It tends to be your bottom fish, your snapper, um, your dew fish. Um, S- ball chin.
0: So, I, yeah. so for the next three months, I can't go catch a fucking
2: – You can't do that anyway. Um,
3: really?
0: Yeah, for certain parts of the year. Um, Has that always been the case? Uh, for the last – so, three years? So I can't go I'm live I'm homeless. I'm living on the beach. I can't go chug a fucking line in and catch a fish. Uh, I am not sure about shore fishing. I don't actually
2: know too much. Well who's catching
3: commercial fish off the beach anyway? But unless unless you're you know you're a cliff fisherman down there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well the drone point, the point the, I'm making is like mm, I The can't. drone
2: fisherman now. Um are, oh, yeah. that'll be banned shortly. Good. And it and it probably should be. Yeah, it okay. is fucking wicked fun of of going yeah. Um up north you can Spot the um, bloody blue bone and actually drop the prawn on their head. Fuck. Which is cool because you can film film the whole lot. Yeah. But here they just use it to get, get the bait fucking yep. out as far as <clears throat> they can pretty much. Um, but, yeah, it, it's an interesting one because, I mean, we've got so many people. Mm. There's so many people fishing that the fish and stocks copper pounding. And there are things that recreational fishermen say that are just wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, um, they are making a bigger impact than commercial fishermen. They are. Um, like, at, out from XMF, you get to see it because on uh, the west side, the Ningaloo Reef side, that's been banned from commercial fishing for years, right? And I've seen how how much it's been affected by recreational fishermen because there's so many boats out there just fucking cleaning up fish every day. And now there's so many people that go there, they lose so many fish to sharks.
1: Oh, like, they're just
2: killing yeah. fish after fish after fish to get their bag limit to come in. So there needs to be something done. Yeah. Um, okay. I, think, I think this will actually make it worse, though, because that's just for this area here. So if you have a boat and you enjoy fishing, you're going up north, mm-hmm. which just means there's going to be more people fishing
0: those areas. Because ah. um, I've, I've noticed in regards to – and I don't know what sort of reflection this has on our fish um, lives or lives, uh, the, the fish numbers that we have, but I still remember when I was a, a kid and you'd go down the beach and our beach would – there'd be shells everywhere and seaweed everywhere. And I know they clean up the, the, the seaweed and stuff now, but even when there's a bad day with seaweed, I see no shells, which to me suggests there's uh, fuck all – Marine life in the on the local beaches, and that's over twenty years. Yeah. Same beach, I, completely changed. I don't know
1: the
2: the fishing and stuff down here is not too bad um, as far like.
0: But I, that not that's not necessarily fishing. Yeah, that, is that like putting in marinas and stuff? Like I don't know if Hillary's was. Can't remember when Hillary's came in and, and like Ocean Reef Marina, and for example. So I'm talking about that little stretch. I've noticed specifically like no no shells there anymore.
2: Yeah, well you don't you don't know how something affects. The rest of it till it's built, and no one ever does. Yeah. Some sometimes things like that have uh, like a great impact. Mm-hmm. They become structure for fish like. The X-Mouth Marina, holy shit. Well, well even yeah.
3: some of the underground pipe and structure yeah. up near Dampier with the gas project, that's provided structure where there was none before. And well, that's got, where you fish. Right? And, you know, what the, the, the jetty up at X-Mouth, I mean, that's probably one of the best dive spots in the world.
2: Yeah, the the Navy pierce. So, so you've got that, but then also sand build-up, um, tides, uh, e- everything that can come along with that. You don't know till it, till it happens, and maybe that that could just be what's stopping shells washing up—is they're collecting yeah. on, a, on a wall through the tide there. But it it may also affect the tide so that um, you know coral spawn isn't getting to places where it used to. So maybe the the structure there isn't. Mm. Um, the thing is, our our life cycle's so small compared to all of this shit. We don't know what's part of a bigger cycle that's always been. Mm-hmm. Because we see something as how it was. Like I, I remember moving to Xmouth and um, the jetty there, hardy heads, so baitfish, just biggest packs you'd ever see. And there'd be Spanish max over a, a metre 20 coming into the shore mm. like every day. And that was sort of like four or five years of that. Mm. And then never seen it again. And it's like, did we do something that stopped that? Or was it just a, is that just part of the cycle hmm. uh, where it was cold? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's weird because it's the same with everything. If you talk to fishermen, if you talk to commercial fishermen, fucking recreational fishermen, everyone's got opinions that suit what they like to do. Yeah, like okay. watch watch any spear fisherman. Uh, uh, on Instagram and shit like that, that they'll all go, I choose to be a spear fisherman because it's the most selective fishing you can do um, so it's better for the environment because everyone wants to be a good guy now. Bullshit. If you wanted to go out there and kill every trout, like say we just decided, fuck, we're going to kill trout because they spread COVID, yeah. we would get everyone to go
3: spear fishing. You shouldn't be, be allowed to shoot to coral them. trout. You can practically put the spear in their mouth. Yeah, you know, it's, like, it's, it's not like a, a trophy fish you've shot and it's like, oh, look how talented I am. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, if you go to the Monty Ballows, it's
2: it's even better. I, I swear, those trout are suicidal. They like nudge your gun, like go and do it, mate. Okay? <laughs> Fuck. I, I want to get out of this fucking atom bomb area anyway. But I don't know. It, there's it, there's no fucking easy solution. I, I reckon that's a bit harsh to have a fair period of time where you, you can't fish pretty much at all because you're not, not
3: going anywhere. I, I just think, you know, there needs to be a compromise. And I think the commercial fishermen need to take less of a quota to appease the wreck fishers because it's, everyone's doing the same thing. You're taking from the catchment, and we need to provide, preserve this fishery for our kids. Look what we did with Marin Seasons. Mm. Licensing. Look what we did with Abalone, abalone season. Yeah. It's yeah. four Sundays a month for an hour. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And, oh, and fuck, you know? that's it's a funny hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude it's so funny because you see some like bloke kitted up to the fuck with all like you know five mil weddy dive bell oh, knife yeah. and they're faffing around in one foot of water
0: and a wave will come and it's just like oh, <laughs> along the yeah dad used to and oh fuck dad used to um he, it was, Dad was pretty good. Like, we'd go snorkelling. We, I grew up snorkelling down, like, Burns Beach. Why? Do you know where Burns Beach you, – Yeah, you, I know, you know, I know where it is. Burns Beach. You go there, the rocks, there's fish everywhere. And then Dad would come back. We'd go there, like, once a month and snorkel, and he'd come up with, like, three abalone. And he was never, like, greedy or anything. He'd just bring back three abalone in a sock and fucking cook them up on the bar. We'd put a bit of lemon salt on them. Beautiful. We'd do it, like, every now and then. But I can understand there'd be people who would just go and fucking – Rape and pillage the the, the reefs around um, the local Perth area for mm. abalone because it's just so easy to get them. They're just fucking everywhere, bang.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is it's hard because you, you get them back to a standard where they're everywhere and you're like, well, fucking yeah. everywhere. Yeah. But it, it's like they wouldn't
3: be. Yes. But if you know where to go, they still are everywhere. Oh, mate. Like, oh, there's yeah. some places down south, like you've got the balls to get in the water. Oh, fuck. And that's fuck why fuck they're everywhere though because like, the people who like to – let's say take to excess, yeah. yeah generally don't have the confidence to get in the water. I wouldn't get in the water. Or the ability, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't I mean I'd fucking book And like to take, you know, Roe abalone, that's one thing, but if you're going looking for green lips, like yeah. that's a skill because you've got to be able to spot them. They're really well camouflaged. You gotta know what the kind of seaweed
0: they're like. And to find them down there. I I couldn't think of anything more scary.
2: That that's what I gotta go do. I wanna do that and uh, get get the Southern fighters. Um, Southern craze Yeah I haven't got one yet So um, i just got to be A little bit less of a coward
0: So is that getting in the water And
2: Yeah yeah yeah
3: Oh Yeah so no. Diving for abalone That's probably the only time I feel like a seal Like when I surf Sometimes it's in the back of my mind But yep. If I've ever been diving for abalone It's like Yeah Yeah nah, I Want to get one out of here y- As quick as possible That
2: doesn't you know?
0: seem like the one That I'll
2: Well Me cousin takes me um, Diving behind Seal Island no, a, a, a oh, bit fuck. for craze, and yeah, he's always like guy got
3: bitten
0: there.
2: Get in, you coward! No, and it's like oh my. I,
0: re- I remember when I first bought my my first boat. Me, me three housemates, we we're like, yeah, we'll get a boat. We don't know fuck all. We got our skipper's ticket, went out there, and we parked off Off Seal Island, and um, and then didn't realize like. I don't th- know if you meant to go on there or not, but there's seals on there. I didn't yeah. realise that. So we we swim, we park off, off anchor off and then swim onto the island. Everyone's going, you fucking idiots, and yelling at us. Didn't realise there's sharks all over on the other side most of the time um, because of the seals. And then we get on the thing and this big fucking sea lion's charging at us. <laughs> <laughs> was, They're angry fuckers, mate, those seals, man. Yeah. Yeah. So naive, so stupid, but, yeah, not realising as well. Seal Island, it's... What do you think is attractive to the seals? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's like you know you talk to some of the old crusty surfers
3: down south. Yeah. Um, and then you know, like you know when I first got here, there was ten seals at that colony. Now there's 150 of those fucking things. You know, this is like well, you know it's a bit of like of a drive through for the sharks on the migration route <laughs> up north. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: well, they're all the uh, New Zealand New Zealand fur seals. They've all fucking taken over. That's why they're so. So many of them really? Oh the fucking
3: Kiwis Are over here <laughs> It's not bad enough They're scaffolding And taking all the jobs Up north Now the fucking seals Are here too yeah. These fucking Mexicans From across the Tasman that, that, That's why he was <gasps> scared
2: jobs That's why he was Scaring you off the island He's like Not in those shoes bro Get out of here
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh
0: have you hit the chip <laughs> oh, Fucking hell
2: They, they had a uh, Elephant seal When I was a kid At uh, Surf Beach up in X-Mouth yeah. and it fucking used to just scare the
3: shit out of all the surfers because they just pop up fucking next
2: to them. <coughs> oh,
3: dude, I've had a dugong do that to me <laughs> out there. Just uh, pop- It was a big dark shadow. Like, oh,
0: are dugongs what they, uh, they claim are the mermaids of ancient stories? Yeah, so they've got the most similar vagina to
2: the uh, female <laughs> human.
0: That's right I remember Cam McLaren saying It was just an excuse for sailors to say They were fucking a a dugong And they're like Oh it was a mermaid It was actually a mermaid Have you read the Bark Stefano book squarely? No
2: I haven't um, I know a lot of people There's a
3: scene in that book And um, the two European guys have come ashore They're in Lighthouse Bay at Exmouth And the locals killed a dugong and they, you know, send this smoke signal to the other tribe down further on the Cape, and they just come and they feasted for days yep. on this dugong. He said there was nothing left of it; like they everything. But it's a delicacy, apparently.
2: Yeah, it it's one of the things I'd love love to eat. They reckon they make like uh, crackle out of the skin and everything. Mm. Um, it's one of the um, sea creatures where apparently, like different parts of it, it's a bit bit like uh, a pig. Where different parts taste differently. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Mean,
3: turtles meant to be amazing mate, too.
2: Oh, I can't comment on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can. It's fucking good. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so is Dugon I know yeah? This, this. Yeah. This can't fucking good. This can't hates turtles. I know he does.
2: Oh, I don't hate Cause, turtles because they're pretend. like
0: cockroaches up <laughs> north. Yeah. Though. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't believe how fucking fast they were. Yeah, in the water. Not that we were chasing it, but <laughs> <laughs> I remember you were yeah. driving and fuck driving. Uh, yeah, on the boat and fucking. It. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to keep up with it.
2: My my mate Leewald, uh had one try and rape him when he was out <laughs> fucking spear fishing. Yeah, full full flippers over the back. Yeah. Just fucking him. Yeah, and his mates like. Pointing in it and he felt it and he's like, oh, fuck, Chuck's got me. This is it. And then looks around and it's just this fucking massive sea turtle <laughs> just all, all barred up fucking. Oh, imagine he got season. that on
3: footage. Oh,
2: mate, it'd be unreal.
3: Have you seen that video of the girl in the water with her husband and the dolphins trying to get between like she's. Oh, and it's just- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favourite I oh, oh, fucking man. love it
2: Actually uh, Kyle Legacy I took him diving up Fuck it. off Yeah And uh, we We come across a Turtle at the end of the dive At uh, Turquoise I was like oh, yeah. I'll find one for what you What the fuck is that
1: It's yeah. fucking
2: sick Starts asking it What it does for a living And it's like Fuck off <laughs> 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 He 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 uh, Goes up to touch it And I, I've got it all on film And and the fucking turtle, like, turns around and just staunches him. And he, like, <laughs> fucking shits himself. I'm just piercing myself laughing. And he's like, oh, I'll do it again. Fucking oh. same thing, just kept staunching him.
0: Yeah. I do remember you trying to get an oki out when we went up there, trying to get it out from under a rock to try and you – know, and I was a bit like, no, no, no just stay there. I was <laughs> a bit standoffish. It's just an octopus. but Yeah, my octopus – Ditcher. Is it my octopus ditcher? I love
3: octopus. It's one of the most sustainable seafoods there are. Squid, octopus. Yeah. Really sustainable. And going back to what we were talking about with the wreck fishes, uh, a friend of mine is big on this. Like trying to encourage people to eat other fish, not the, you know, the prize trophy fish. Like you see that bloke who got bitten uh, by the shark in Albany last week. He had his fish on him. He had abandoned sweep. Yeah, that's the go. You know, it's like, well, man, blokes are eating banded sweep. You know, yeah. that's, that can be a table fish, and you got to change the perception that you know all these other fish are no good to eat. Their yeah. neighbours' fish.
2: Well, if if you talk to actual commercial fishermen, like all my mates are, um, when we're out there commercial fishing, like when people are like, what what's good eating and that, it's mm. like they're all pretty similar, man. Like,
3: Most people couldn't tell the difference between fish.
2: Nah, that, that's what I used to do on Charter. Uh, when we'd have Monty's trips, like the first day people would be like, oh, fucking, uh, what are you going to cook up? It's not going to be that shit fucking Spangled Emperor, is it, eh? How about <laughs> we have some Red Emperor? I'd be like, yeah, 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 no worries. Cut up the Spango, tell them it's Red Emperor. And they're, oh, and they're like, oh, mate, this is the shit. <laughs> and then the next day go, oh, look, um... I don't really have time. I want to make sure everyone gets red to take home, so I'm just going to cook up the this, this Spango tonight, cook up the Red Emperor. Yeah. And they go, oh, it, it's good, but, um, yeah, not, not like that. Red Emperor <laughs> that <laughs> so it's had.
3: all like they're just <laughs> wankery high. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. Like,
2: you can tell the difference if you've eaten enough, but it's like, you know, the most thing is how you cook it. Like, if you're shit at cooking, yeah, that's more of the thing than... What the fucking fish tastes like? I like uh, eating marlin, so yeah, marlin, marlin.
0: Yeah. Don't catch
2: it. me, a marlin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice marlin. That's probably my favourite fish. Really? Was it like
3: the, the marlin died in the process of being brought back to the boat, or
1: yeah,
2: marlin
3: it, Luther King? <laughs> <laughs> I have a spear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Nah, it died in the process of me killing it. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and, <laughs> Now nah, we we we've had had a few. Um, first time I had it, um, these South Africans lived next door, and it died during Gamex, and they did it up. Um, yeah, we we had a black marlin. That
3: what's better, the blue or the black?
2: Uh probably the smaller the marlin. It seems like the striped marlin is supposed to be the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've had all of them and. It's very similar. It's a real tasty fish, like a cobia, but to an extreme sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So we call like-
3: them cobia the wireguru of the sea.
0: Mm. Yeah, <laughs> they they actually do. Mm. Oh fuck. Okay. Yeah.
3: yeah,
2: you either love them or you hate
3: them. And yeah, same okay. with mackies, right? Like, because yes. it's a so oily fish. Yeah. Mm. Some people love mackerel. Some people can't stand it. You know, yeah. I, I don't mind. It. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's a good curry fish.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the other thing is people, uh, ha- how, you, like what type of fish is good for, like banded sweep and shit like that, if you're doing a fish curry, mm. that's better than a coral trout. Mm. Like coral trout's a very plain, you know, easy fish. You've got to, you to flavour it and
0: lemon and salt and fucking whatnot. And-
2: well, well, whatever you put on it, it'll, it'll do that, but it's, it's not that firmer sort mm-hmm. of flesh.
0: But I think also what people
3: are attracted to with the with the trophy fish too is the freezeability. Yeah, you know, like you can fill up, you get twenty kilos of fillets for the freezer, and that's gonna last you a year. But you can't freeze mackerel. Mm. Yeah, you can't freeze herring.
2: But uh, I mean, a well, you lot can, of
3: but it's shit.
2: Well, a lot of that's changed now with the vacuum packing and stuff like that. That's mm. why the the best fish uh, that you look across the WA coast were all just really uh, easy. It didn't matter if you had put them on ice straight away and jimmy them. Um, they froze well, like the Red Emperor and stuff like that. But now with, with your vacky packing and, and the options to keep your fish on ice the whole time and shit like that, most fish are good. Yeah, I, cool. I haven't had too many that, are, that I'm like, that's dog shit, except for a uh, long time. Which I've seen
0: in, <laughs> I've seen in the shop. Those are the ones that the fucking other day. zoom across the top, hey?
2: Yeah, yeah. They got the, they're like a guardy but with fucking like shark tape type thing. Yeah. I, I seen one, or I've seen like three in the shops the other day for 15 bucks a kilo, and I was like, that's fucking horrible. Yeah, okay. So
3: I work at a fish shop every Christmas and Easter, and like, you know, you can see all the fish come in and like, you know, what vessel it's from, you know, what part of the state, and you, you can see the catch date. Yeah. And, like, people don't really – it's fresh fish, but, you know, this fish has been on ice for probably 10 days before it's got to wow. market. Yeah. And that's, you know, some of the other stuff that's fresher, you know. But Yeah, because like, it's out deep sea. And yeah, well, you know, they'll be
2: well, out sea for matter. a week. Yeah, you, You're not going out fishing for a day.
0: No, that's what I mean, yeah. This,
2: this whole, um, you know fr- – but the other thing is uh, fish isn't better fresh. Okay. Like, you're not better eating it reckon- that day. I, I know it's the same as any other a- animal. Like it, you want to sit that on ice for twelve hours anyway. Okay,
0: you know, like um, if you why is that just to let it sit, like the blood or well, what, the what?
2: blood to um, leak out of the muscles and everything to to settle. I mean, it's the same as when you kill a cow; you don't you you leave it hanging before you fucking cut it up. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so it, it's this weird thing where people are like, oh, I need it as fresh as you can get it. <laughs> yeah. mate." You, you're not going to be able to tell the difference. But obviously that goes to a point.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, like, Do you bleed all your fish before you, when you kill them? Or is it only certain fish that you bleed?
2: Uh, I bleed, like if it's recreationally, I'll, I'll uh, bleed every fish. Um, if it's commercial, you just icky-gymium, uh, which is the spike through the brain. Yeah, okay. um, and then they go in. Yeah, that, okay. That's wicked fun. You've got to do that once in your life is just a commercial trip. You'll catch more fish than you ever have in your lifetime Yeah. and then um, never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got uh, Cam on one, uh, not Cam, fucking uh, Mush on one yeah, right. when he was there, him and his mates I sent out with uh, Lee Wald, Yeah. and they went commercial fishing. And I was Mm. like, it's going to be a little bit tough for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking, yeah.
3: A whole day in the sun on the boat is so
0: taxing. 100% uh, did it VG once and it was not a great result (laughs) sunburn wise.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I like the the five day, uh, I remember Handline and I I think we got 600 kilo of uh, estuary cod yeah. and hand the whole lot and I woke up the next day and my hands were just claws, just fucking pain. Really? Like I've never felt. Took fuck. took like uh, 20 minutes for the hands just to get the blood flowing again. The fuck. first first fish I pulled up, I was like, fuck
0: you. Um, yeah, fuck. Um, I just realised what the time is so we've got to sort of finish up but it's been actually a pretty fucking flawless chat actually. It's been good. Thank you so much you guys for coming on. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Uh, And I know we were meant to have another guest. Um, uh, Chris, come on, but he'll come on in the next few weeks and we'll get you on. Thanks for replacing Delby Squirly. That was good. Delby's fucking still gallivanting around, but. Uh, How much money did he make out of Fringe That he
3: can keep touring around the world like yeah. this
0: Mate, oh fuck, yeah. yeah Or was it
3: gay? He had a big win on the punt, didn't he? Well, I think- <laughs> yeah, he backed someone to kick five goals yeah. And power played it Yeah well, Either that or his prostitute he did- himself He's got OnlyFans He did yeah, win he a um- would,
2: He would make a lot of money on fans. But it women don't would.
3: have the perverted angles That men do on sex Like, you know, if I could sell photos of my feet <laughs> To lonely old
0: fat women <laughs> <laughs> There's fucking no chance I'd be here <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 100% um, Anything you guys want to plug before we finish? Nah, not
3: really uh, Not really, i got nothing really much
0: on I'm on
2: at Burswood tonight Oh yeah I don't know where that is but Burswood? I know where Burswood is But I don't know where the oh, okay. venue is
0: Alright um, I'm hosting Delby's Quiz tonight At um, at Paddy Malone's But you probably won't have heard this by then So, mm. all good but, um, yeah, cheers for coming on. Cheers. Hooray.